Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. back on the things we say i'm sheldon and i'm nate and this is turning into a monthly podcast and we're okay with that (laughs) we are okay with it although again it may not stay this way who knows next time around we may just decide to pick it up a little more who knows what we'll do and tonight we have no idea what we're talking about finally which is not new (laughs) for the first time in a while though i feel like we've come into here a, a little primed at least one of us has come in primed recently. But I, I made the mistake of going back and listening to a bunch of our old podcasts. And it This has, is not a mistake. This is something I would encourage. I guess, yes, that's true. That's true. But it has made me feel like we need to just do some good old-fashioned ranty things where, mm. we, just, where we just go and see what happens. So yes. tonight, I hope, is going to be one of those things. Tonight, you can consider an open mic night. Yes. And we also have the weirdness of the fact that you and I have hung out for a good few hours here tonight before we're doing this which is unusual we usually pick one or the other yeah either we hang out or we're hanging out with you guys yes but tonight it's a combo our families hung out our wives left us with the children for a while and And no one died and no one died that's right no only a little bit of blood yeah just a little bit and and not of anyone's fault but that person's own fault so we're good no problems (laughs) oh man (sighs) all right so i have do you have a did you know as well I do. Okay. Do you want to go first? It's real short. You go first then. Did you know that every year thousands of tons of diamonds rain down on the planet Saturn? If you had asked me to tell you this, I would have not known it. But now that you have said it, it has tapped on some part of my brain that yes has has heard that before okay but i i that's it has it. to do with like the atmosphere conditions and there's a lot of carbon in the atmosphere and massive thunderstorms that end okay. up through the lightning and the amount of i don't know weirdness in chemistry and pressure and lightning and whatever <laughs> it basically it says uh it all begins in the upper atmosphere in the thunderstorm alleys where lightning turns methane into soot as the soot falls the pressure on it increases, and after a thousand miles, it turns into graphite, the sheep form of carbon you find in pencils. By a depth of 6,000 kilometers, these chunks of falling graphite toughen into diamonds, strong and unreactive. These continue to fall for about another 30,000 kilometers, or about two and a half Earth spans. Once you get to those extreme depths, the pressure is and temperature is so hellish, there's no way the diamonds could remain solid. It's very uncertain what happens to the carbon down there. But one possibility is that a sea of liquid carbon could form. The idea is there are these <laughs> massive storms where diamonds fall or rain down yeah. from the sky. And then they rain down and disintegrate. But, yeah. Huh. See, and that's one of those things where I look at and I'm like, why are we not focusing on like harvesting things like that right. from these other planets where there is no life and who cares really? We're sending a rover to Mars. Can't we send a big bucket to Saturn? Yeah, just, and just a bucket. And actually make a profit? Where's Elon Musk on that one? <laughs> Elon Musk needs to do something with that. My uh, 
the way I understand the solar system is that Saturn is quite a bit further <laughs> away. <laughs> the way I understand the solar system is that Elon Musk is meant to conquer all of it. That is that is what I if understand. I was taking bets on who's going to plant a flag on each of the planets. <laughs> I'm going to give Mars to Elon Musk. There you go. But he, <laughs> it'll probably take someone several generations from now I to just, get to Saturn. <laughs> I just recently saw a a meme about him uh, talking with astronauts who had just had a failed launch for uh, SpaceX, and it was the two of the astronauts in like these white, you know spacesuits and he's sitting there in all black with a black mask and then another person standing beside him and then they contrast it with a picture of Darth Vader looking disapprovingly <laughs> at stormtroopers <clears throat> which I guess Darth Vader can't really look disapprovingly but something about that mask makes it look disapproving yeah, it looks like he's frowning yeah yeah it looks unhappy which he is under that stuff but uh yeah Elon Musk is amazing Elon Musk go go get a bunch of diamonds from Saturn right Saturn your mission should you choose to accept yeah, should it? you choose to accept it yeah. oh man yeah, yeah. So, I have a did you know. Oh boy, you've been excited about this, so I'm excited. Did you know that prohibition and the United States federal income tax are directly linked? Um, I knew they were of the same time period. Mm -hmm. So did I. I know there there was... Some very interesting things surrounding the ratification oh, of yeah. the income tax. Yes. And whether or not it actually was ratified by the state of Kentucky is murky. Yes. Right? It was Kentucky that it was reported that they had passed it, but the actual vote count does not match that. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah, that part's weird. Yeah. yeah. I, th I think that's, that's what I remember. Now, now that you mentioned that those two are related... I would be interested to know how, but I don't know off the top of okay. my head. A man who was basically behind the scenes working all of this was a man who uh, was the leader of the Anti-Saloon League named Wayne Wheeler. Okay. Um, not a name that's well known because he was not a politician, but he basically was the puppet master of all of this prohibition stuff. And I thought most of the saloon breakers were women. They I were, thought it was mostly women-led. But the, the entire prohibition movement was about a hundred-year movement before it actually took yeah, hold. Yeah. And it did coincide with women's suffrage. But Wheeler was the one who really made it a thing. And he's the one who started using the mask uh, media com campaigns yeah. against it. And uh, he would literally, you know, work everybody against each other. So, you know, he would take... He would go to african-americans and tell them oh you know this you know drinking is 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 you know making your 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 people who are who are who are running your you know your your places that you work and all these things they're making them horrible you know beastly people and then he would go to those same people in the south and say hey these 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 alcoholic beverages are going to make black people barbarians and they're going to do this that and the other and then he would go to an irish person and say oh you know this is this is what you're going to be losing jobs over your people who are exploiting you and workers they're going to kick you out because of the and then he would go and say oh you know these to the to the employers oh these irish workers they're just becoming absolutely useless and lazy and all this stuff he literally worked everybody against each other but blaming alcohol and united them all against alcohol gotcha by playing them off of one another it was classic now but using using their either their, their racism yeah. or the or the prejudices against yeah. poor people or against right. working class or against exactly rich or, class yeah or irish catholic people you know yeah right. all those things so he literally went around actively doing this campaigning 
So he finally got to the place where he had he had bullied politicians. He pushed the the one issue voting thing like that was his baby. The wedge that's, issue. That's where how you he can force yeah. people to go. That's yeah. Yes. And he ran with that and 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 intentionally went after yeah. politicians who would not go his way on it. Um, the problem was that at this time, and this has been the case from the beginning of our union, forty percent of the revenue for the federal government was from the tax of the sale of alcohol. 40%. 40% of the government was run on what we might call like a sin tax. Yes. Like when they pass a sin tax in Cleveland to pay for the stadium, it's on cigarettes and alcohol. Right. And so they did that. And he came to them and basically said, okay, if you're going to pass this, here's an idea. Let's pass a federal income tax to make up for the 40% loss oh my that you have on prohibition. And they said, okay, that works. We can do that. And that went into the Volstead Act, which is what became a part of the whole thing and became an amendment to the Constitution. And we lost our ability to have uh, not be stolen from by the government, along with losing the ability to drink in the United States. And eventually, obviously, prohibition was repealed, but the income tax, of course, was not. So they yeah. got their 40% back plus the income of every American yeah. for the rest of time. It's amazing. Once the government finds a way to tax you in a certain area, they don't give that up. No, they don't. Freely. They don't. Without a fight. At, or at all. Usually, yeah, usually it would take bloodshed to repeal a tax. <laughs> yes. Yes, which is why we had a revolution in the first place. <laughs> but, you know, whatever with that. But yes, the prohibition, it is prohibition's fault that we have an income mm. tax. 1913 was a bad year because this is when the ball got really rolling with all that stuff until 1919 when it was finally passed. Wow. Yeah. Huh. So there you go. Your two favorite things uh, are linked together. Yeah, this is, the, yeah. It was throwing a lot of freedoms out just to make somebody happy or to score a political point. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've, I've been watching some stuff on Prohibition lately, doing some reading. It was just a really strange thing because... The women's movement it started for very legitimately pure reasons. Like they were basically going and saying, like, to their men in saloons, like, we're not allowed to come here. You come and hide out here. You drink away all of your all of our money. Yeah. Like you're not taking care of your family. Like it was legitimate what they were complaining about. Right. But then the fanatics, as so often happens, swooped in and made it about something that it wasn't, and made it just about alcohol itself. Which women were just like, no, come be men and be responsible and do what you're supposed to do. Wasn't it? A little bit like hard, hard liquor hadn't been quite as prevalent in the culture no. prior to this. And like it, and it the really broad didn't... distribution of really hard liquor and right. people drinking it like they would have drank less hard right. alcohol was a big problem. Like right. there was the the saloon, the whole saloon culture and everything that came around it was destructive to communities. Yeah, and there was legitimate gripes right about that both in like how the men behaved with their money, how they behaved at home, how like what they were doing with a paycheck and rampant alcohol. Abuse. Right. That was Well, and it's even interesting because I I've I've done some research too recently into um the firearms ordinances that were in most western towns. In the in the old west, you were not allowed to carry a firearm into town. You could carry it if you were coming in initially, but then you'd check them with the town marshal and you could get them and you could be carrying them on your way out. But other than that, you, you could not. And, and the Earps, especially Wyatt Earp, was well known for literally walking up behind people and, and, 
and pistol whipping them in the head and knocking them out and removing their firearms if they were wearing them when they weren't supposed to. Of course, his friends like Doc Holliday never had to abide by that because, you know, it's who you know, not what, you know, not right. what the law is. Um, but the, one of the big reasons for that is there was an interesting thing that happened where you typically in town, the business owners were Republicans and the cowboys and like the workers were Democrats in that era. Hmm. And there was a, a political connection to this and an economic connection to this because so many of the business owners in western towns were essentially exploiting these cowboys because they would get their money, they would come into town, and whether it was through table games or poker or, or different things like that in saloons, or of course women in saloons, plus there were just nefarious things where they were being straight stolen from versus just getting them drunk and getting them to spend their money on stuff, they would just be broke. They would spend all of their money in these places and they would have no way to reprise because they had no firearms. One of the biggest reasons they took them away was not because of drunken brawling with others. Huh. It was so they could not actually come against the business owners that were in town that were essentially fleecing them uh, when they were in vulnerable states. And wow. again, people like the Earps tended to be financially uh, yeah, benefiting he from that. Off a yeah. system like yeah, that. Yeah, the Earps the weren't, well, let me rephrase this. Wyatt Earp was not a great person. Uh, Virgil Earp, there's some good arguments to be made for that guy. He he was a pretty upstanding dude in a lot of ways. But the Earps were tantamount to a crime family who just happened to outlive all the people that they headbutted with. But anyway, bunch of randomness there. How about that for a thing? No, that's that's really good. Yeah, I I've often wondered what it would be like to get rid of the income tax entirely. Yeah, and what would you replace it with and how, how would the government be funded if you didn't mm -hmm. have an income tax? But the reason I, one of the main reasons that I would like to get rid of it is because nobody is, nobody is reporting what they are actually making that there's so many deductions and so many, like what I'm actually taxed on is mm -hmm. not nearly what I'm bringing in there. Yeah. Just with the everybody's getting a, a deduction, a kickback somehow. There's, It's not true reporting, but it is comprehensive. They try to make it, they, the government extends their fingers into every area of right. where you might make income and tries to make sure they have their fingers in every pot. Right. And that, but then they're not taxing on the whole. So it, it has all the burdens of government being involved of everyday life but then the government can pick and choose winners and losers right. based upon the laws that they pass. So this person gets an exception or this person gets, you know, a deduction for that, but not for this, but for that, but mm -hmm. not for that. And it goes, it gets into way too much minutia. If you got rid of the whole thing and you went with just say a sales tax, yeah, the government wouldn't have to worry about where you make your money, right? You can make your money anywhere, but at all points of sale, Wherever you would buy something, whether you're buying a several million dollar yacht yeah, or you're buying a jalopy car or yeah. whatever, whatever you're buying, you're going to have to pay for it. Yep. So everybody is the same skin in the game mm -hmm. and you, you could get taxed whenever, at whatever points. And we already have point of sale fees. So yeah. like Visa, MasterCard, right, whatever, right. each store has a way that they could put a point of sale fee on stuff like that technology already exists but what it becomes hard to do then is to do the tax the rich thing right so 
well, you need to tax you lose the political rich people points. more yeah. because they have more or tax the poor people not at all because they don't have anything. Yeah. And it and it's like, well, what's the line between the poor and the rich? Well, it's the middle class, which is why you have to hear about the stupid middle class that we can't define every political right. cycle. Well, and this is and this is the problem and this is the problem with with Marx Marx's whole theory of economics and the utopian society he believed in is that in in Marxism the worker is always the worker. Yeah. He doesn't ever rise to become king. He, he 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 advocates for the working class and the and suddenly how if 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 the wealthy class or the or the in in his case the the nobility class because that was really what was still around in his era was dissolved and it was just disseminated and everything all power was equally shared then it would lead to utopia and perfection. Well obviously no, we know what that it that leads to work. is everyone being workers. Right. And and so and the same problem like lies, you still have workers right. and the now same problem we just is, made the is, rich people workers right as and well. the same problem is with the whole middle class idea is that middle class is not a destination right I don't want to be middle class forever if I can help it right I don't think anybody wants to some people don't mind just right and, and I'm not class, saying I whole, mind it or the uh, whole goal is right. the whole and, goal would be if if right. you care about well where and you the funny thing is to me. The class language does not actually mean anything. No, it doesn't. Because in America, there literally is nothing. There are no. There's no caste system. I mean, for crying out loud, the the three three of the richest men in the world, right now at this moment, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, and um, Bill Gates. Forty years ago, well, first of all. Uh, Zuckerberg didn't exist, I don't think, 40 years ago. I don't know how old he is, actually. Yeah, but he was a college student. They not were that long all ago. broke. Every single one of them was broke. Yeah. They probably weren't even technically middle class. They were educated in some cases. They they were smart guys. They had an idea. They ran with it, and they are the some of the richest people on the planet. Even Musk, he's a he's an immigrant. Like yeah. He he you know he's from South Africa. Right. So so this idea of 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 People don't have a hard understanding of what caste systems actually were in places like, you know, Tsarist Russia or even even in the monarchies and things of Europe back in the day. Like you were a peasant who was born from peasants who would give birth to peasants who would stay peasants and, forever. And here's also where it gets a little confusing because you can have old money and and old money that gets passed down and gets passed down. Yeah. But that happens in regions and in pockets and whatever. Right. But when you start making laws around this, all of a sudden the the farm family, yeah, who's been passing down the same land for generations, been farming it, farming it, you know, say in Ohio here, you know, they they have a farm. It's maybe two hundred acres. They've just been passing it down. Right. It's not like any of these people have ever made tons and tons of money. Their only asset is their land. Yeah. You look at them, you're like, man, you know, who who aspires to be a farmer like yeah i yeah. want to be a farmer right you know maybe when you were a kid but once you get older you're like man this seems like a lot of really hard work hard work no and, vacations and it doesn't seem like you make a ton of money all your money is tied up in the land so you could be listed on paper as a multi-millionaire yeah and many of them are but only if they sell right and so if you tax people on their net worth it's not even quite fair they they can be worth that their entire right. life and they will never see a dime. They will probably die more in debt than they came into it. Yeah. And that's it. Like a couple bad years where it doesn't rain or right. it rains too much or whatever puts you in the hole and then you're in debt to right. farm credit or whatever. Well, and, and it's and it's not like you can get 
you can you can't get out of that unless you sell it right and people are like well you had all this wealth passed down from your ancestors it's not usable yeah. for, a, for a lot of for a fly over the u.s sometime <laughs> look out the plane window what do you see tons and tons of farmland yeah like how do you write laws that account for that yeah. if you're gonna income tax or, well, or part of the try problem, and make these right. caste systems. Well, and this is the problem that our, our so-called representatives now in, in most of our cases are people who are from the cities. They live in cities. They Their, their, their window on lifestyle is city. Right. And they, they have no clue about anything so else that's happening outside of there. what people will want to do is say, okay, the way we do this is we tax money when it's passed down so that old money doesn't just benefit somebody who didn't work right. didn't work for it. Although, what is every worker trying to do? Yeah. What, are, what are you trying to do with your income? I'm trying to make a good life, right. a better life right. for my children than what was given to me. Everybody is trying to do that. Yeah. You know, if you if you are, that's that's the idea. Yeah. Now some people are legitimately trying to screw their kids over, and that's yeah. they're just awful people. Who was I saw? Uh, uh, Sting had talked about that with his kids. That basically that they plan to leave little to nothing to their kids. Like they'll leave them something, but not the millions and millions. Right. He said we plan to spend every dime. He's like because this is ours, and I don't want them to have the burden of this millions and millions that they have not earned. So we plan to spend it. Right. And I'm like. Hey, fair enough. That's that's <laughs> fine. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. But, no, I get that. But, but I but I think it's interesting because even what you're talking about with you know with with the idea of net worth, you know, we hear somebody like Bezos or, or Zuckerberg, like they don't have billions of dollars in cash just sitting in a Scrooge McDuck vault. Like that's not how it works. Like their companies are worth money, and they own shares of that company that are worth money if they sold it. But they don't just have it. It's not yeah. like they just have it sitting around and they're just sitting on it, hoarding it from all the peasants. It's not a thing. And that language, it just doesn't work in 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 a United in like the United States economy. It doesn't work, um, and it's never worked. Which is which is why a lot of people who are Marxists are trying to use other means to to shove down that ideology as opposed to uh, using class, because class just it doesn't work in America, um, because nobody thinks of themselves as the nobility or the upper class, like. There's very few people who think of themselves as upper class. Even our politicians don't think of themselves as upper class, and they're the epitome right. of it. If you want to find the upper class, most of them in, are in Washington talking yes. to you about how awful the upper class is. Yes. When that's their only experience. Right. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But as far as taxation goes, I think the thing that, for me, I mean... My problem is we don't have the discussion on whether or not there should be an income tax anymore. It's what the income tax should be. Flat right. tax or a, you know, you know, a, a you know, 80/20 plan or something like that. Like no. Like everybody's got a plan of how it's, to yeah, finesse it's the, the income wrong tax. Question. The yes. the closest thing to good I've ever heard is is Rand Paul's whole thing of like single page and Ron Paul's of course too. Like single page, this is what you pay, no deductions, nothing. This is what you pay flat out. That's it. Flat tax is the closest thing to happy I could be with an income tax. However, my solution <clears throat> is that I do not believe that the federal government should have a right to tax the people of the United States. They should tax the states. They should tax the states. Correct. And the state then will pass that on, of course, to its constituents. 
Right. The thing I like about this is while it may it will fluctuate a lot from administration to administration or Congress to Congress, whatever it may be, but the thing I like is that the American people will, A, have the opportunity to say, my taxes here suck, and they already do this on a state level. My taxes here stuck. I'm moving suck. I'm moving someplace else where it changes entirely, but it literally all changes. Your federal doesn't stay the same. Nothing stays the same. You get to pay something totally different being in another place. Right. And some states don't have income tax. Right. Florida state in- income tax. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. and some some states don't have sales tax on particular things. Right. And right. Yeah. So my my solution would be that would be say a state is taxed by the federal government. For being a part of the union and the state then passes that on however they wish to their constituents now the thing i like about that is you automatically feel the pain if they raise taxes you're going to notice yep. right away you tend to not notice it so much with the income tax version, but that's why i like a sales tax especially because you suddenly go out and like man why is bread four dollars more than it used to be oh they raised the tax on it well i'm not voting for that person again yeah, like my it, favorite that makes sense to my me. My favorite thing that has happened in Ohio is they've had people post stickers on the pump that basically say this is how much fuel is taxed. Yeah. This is how much is taxed by local projects and by state projects and where it goes. And so it's like 51 cents for every gallon of gas yeah. is going away in tax. These are your federal taxes, these are your state taxes and I'm looking at that and I'm like Wow, gas is really cheap. Yeah, and it, and and I think it does take the the pain at the pump off of the guy in the store. Right, They're not as mad at the gas station guy. It's like he can't help it. Right. I mean, look at all the taxes that are built into this. Right, I, and and so if you have a sales tax, what it does is it gets harder to raise taxes and say, oh yeah, well we need more money because we proposed a four trillion dollar, uh, a six trillion dollar budget. When we project $4 trillion of revenue, which yeah. is what is currently happening. Right. It, and, and, and you can't go and say that, well, then we have to raise taxes. Well, that means we're going to raise the taxes on everything by 2%. Yeah. And that means everybody, when they go to the store, yeah. is going to feel that immediately and it's as equal. soon as it passes. And it's equal. And, and, and you'll and know when your taxes go up and down. They aren't hidden. Right. They aren't given to someone that you, that is nameless, faceless. You don't know these people. You don't know who they are. Right. You're taxing some sort of corporate corporation, corporate entity. Mm-hmm. Like There's so many backdoor ways that people are taxed that people don't even right. realize, know well, and that, I they're think being, that the taxes are being passed on to them. Well, and I even think that's one thing that's that's such a big misnomer for for churches that blows my mind is how many people think pastors don't pay taxes yeah i absolutely pay income taxes and i have my entire employed life so has my father so did my grandfather so did my uncle and they were all pastors we all pay taxes the entity itself does not pay taxes yes everyone employed by the church everyone pays income taxes federal state all of it we pay income taxes. So stop talking about that. George Carlin, you were a smart man, but you were an idiot <laughs> when it came to that because you thought for sure that pastors just didn't get taxed. And that's how these mega church pastors became all that they were. Yes, there's some underhanded things that go on there, but also people sell books and crap and things that you make a crap ton of money off of when you have yeah. bestsellers. But that, that aside, pastors in the United States do and have always 
paid income tax for as long as it has existed. And there are some pastors who have made enough money on books and selling things like that. Yeah. Like books, DVDs, whatever it was, you know, where they sold a bunch of content from stuff that they produced. And they made the money off of that who are not drawing salaries from the church. Yeah, Rick Warren's a perfect example. Rick Warren's a good example. It's like the Saddleback Church or whatever itself the church itself is not taxed. Yeah. He will pay taxes on everything that he earns from the books. But As will every also, other employee. He's also not fleecing the church. Right. The thing that I and, love. Or, and, and, and the church the church itself could legitimately pay him because he's providing a service to right. the church. And he's just like, no, no, I'm good. Like, yeah. I've made my money somewhere else. And there's, so you look at these people and you say, oh, they have tons of money. Well, look at where it's coming from. Maybe it doesn't come from that church itself. Maybe it comes from something else they're doing. And that's the other thing that amazes me. I'm not talking about the guys late night on TV or whatever. Right. But one of the things that amazes me about Rick Warren is that not only does he not draw a salary from Saddleback, he paid the church back every dime they've ever paid him. Wow. With what he made from the Purpose Driven Life. Because obviously that was a explosive, huge bestseller for him. Right. And he, yeah, so he not only said that, he said, I'm also going to give back everything that I've, I've been paid over my ministry career at this point. Like that's, that's a big deal. Like to do something like that. So that's beyond not fleecing the church. Yeah. Because again, he's going to continue to have income on that for ever. Because let's be honest, there's not very many churches in the U S that could just pay Rick Warren to come in as a free agent and be like, Hey, why don't you run our church? Right. Here's what we're willing to pay you. Like there's, there's, there's not that many that could do that. He's a funny one, man. He, because I listen to him speak, and I'm like, "You're not that great." <laughs> like he's not. He's yeah. not a great orator. I mean, he's there is something, uh, there is there is a sense of like something very magnetic about his personality. He seems like your dad or your grandpa, like that kind of aspect of him. Um, but he's not like this great, you know, anything. He's solid, and he always has been. But it's just a weird thing yeah. with his weird Hawaiian shirts and. All that I'm just like how how do you, how did you do this like what did what happened here? <laughs> right place, right time. Right place, right, right time. Thing. Right era. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Saddleback I don't think could exist in the current era at its infancy. It couldn't. It couldn't be born. But as it was there's, then, there's plenty of churches and movements that came and that have grown because of being at the right place yeah, right time for sure fulfilling a particular function for sure um you look at like hillsong and the way that is spread and mm-hmm. everything like they they were filling a niche that wasn't being filled at didn't the time. exist yeah. yeah yeah absolutely which yeah. again is why i would say saddleback couldn't it couldn't be born now because that's it became a model it became a thing that other people did and tried to do yeah We've gotten into some weirdness already. I'm that that is strange. This. I don't know how we found ourselves there. We went from taxes. taxes. Oh, yeah. It was because pastors pay yeah. taxes. It was a clear That's line. Yeah. It was a clear line Got for it. sure. I'm back. But yeah, I'm back. Now. We pay taxes. <laughs> we do pay taxes. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. What else are you ranty about? Oh, my goodness. I'm ranty about so many things that I don't want to rant about because I'm sick of talking about them. Um, okay. Let me say this. And those of you who know me and know my politics know me and know my politics. I'm going to say this. No matter who you are, no matter who you supported, no matter who you voted for, I want to tell you this. Hear me loud and clear. Joe Biden is the president of the United States. He absolutely 100% is 
the president of the United States. I know where you're going. The reason he is the president of the United States is because the Electoral College gathered together as they are supposed to and voted and he is now the president of the United States. The process, is, the he, process that we have in place gave us a president. Gave us yeah. a president. Joe Biden is the legitimate president of the United States. Yeah. And so people saying that he is not the legitimate president, we would say, no, you're no, wrong. You're, you're not respecting the process. Whether it worked the way it should or not, you're not respecting the yeah. process. However, <laughs> and I'm going to say this. I have been paying attention to presidential elections since I was eight years old. And I mean actively paying attention since I was eight years old. This has been something I have. I literally counted the months until I could vote because I wanted to so bad. And you are very similar. The the day I cast my first vote was huge. Huge. Oh, it was so huge. I was like, I had waited for that moment for so long. And I still I had that sticker on a notebook that I had forever that I voted. I kept it for the longest time. Like it was a huge thing for me. While Joe Biden is the president of the United States. From everything that I have seen, from watching presidential elections, elections, presidential politics my entire life, and some very contentious presidential elections, mind you. Yeah, we've all seen it. I do not believe that Joe Biden is the duly elected president of the United States. I believe that something screwy went on in all of these states, and that if there was an opportunity to do something, the Electoral College had a responsibility and an opportunity to do it. They chose not to do it, as did... Congress chose not to do anything about it, as did the Supreme Court. Yeah. And therefore, Joe Biden is our president. I will. You will never convince me. I on, on election night, I spent basically every every moment since 2016. I looked at all the insanity going on and I'm like, I don't want to watch news anymore. I'm done with this. My policy became I'm going to watch speeches. I'm going to watch debates. If somebody has a speech, I'm going to watch the whole thing and see what I think of them. Even if it was Hillary Clinton and I knew everything that she was about because she's been in the spotlight since God was a boy. Everybody knew what Hillary Clinton was about. <laughs> Same with Joe Biden. Everybody knew what Joe Biden was about. Yeah, they've been pub- public, public figures, s- forever. figures for yeah. 40 years. My, yeah. Joe Biden has been in office since my dad was in. Was he still in high school? Yeah. And my dad's 65. 40 some years. Yeah. Long time. Anyway, so. All that to say, Joe Biden is our president, yes. Correct. I've watched this process, and I never have I ever seen a situation where, regardless of who was leading, counting just stopped. In Dead stopped. And at the night of the election, almost simultaneously, simultaneously in like four states. In four or five states, yeah. yeah. And Which let me... And just let, so happened. Yes. To be every the single swing, swing state. state, every single one, but not in other states. No, other states just kept counting yeah. like no problem. Ohio's one, results yeah. were in yeah. basically by that's midnight. one thing I will say for both Ohio and Florida. There's not a lot of credit I will give to Dewine, but that man got hit, got the the voting act together in those terms because we had been some of the sketchy people back in the years past, and he had had a hand in getting us to a very smooth process. Of getting it done and getting it out there. And Ron DeSantis, I don't care what you think of the man, he kicked Florida's butt as soon as he got in there and said, we're not going to do this anymore. We're not going to be the, the hanging Chad people. We're going to streamline this. We're going to fix it. He fired people, got new people in there, and it was streamlined, and it just went bam. There it was. Now, I have never, ever in my entire life seen counting just stop. The whole time I just watched the AP 
numbers coming in. I wasn't yep. watching any commentary. I didn't care about any commentary. I just watched the AP numbers come in. And I'm like, why have these states just stopped? Why have these numbers just cold stopped? And that was the moment where I was like, and here's what's going to happen with these now. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. Every single one of these states where Donald Trump was leading, all of the sudden, there were vote dumps for Massive Joe Biden. Massive dumps vote of dumps. votes. And, enough, and it was b- votes that barely got him over beating Trump in these states. Yeah, so like it was 13, so, it, 000, so in the 14, end, it 000. looked like it was close, but it wasn't. And then all of a sudden, a ton of stuff happened to make up the difference. But and then it, it was, was close in the end. Voting stopped. <clears throat> massive dumps. Yes. And then a few little like vote counts here and there. Yeah. Not much. And it was over. Yeah. It's and bizarre. So, yeah. It's, it's a bizarre way to do anything. And I think people that are not curious yes. about how that happened, I don't understand you. No. Especially after after win, win four or, years. Win, win, lose, or draw. Like I yeah. honestly I get why people think that Donald Trump was insufferable. I get it. Yeah, totally. And I get why you're glad to be rid of him. Totally. I I understand that. Yeah. I understand why you would want Democrats in the White House. I understand why you want Democrats in the Senate and the House. I get it. I get your side. I really do. I don't understand why you wouldn't be curious about the process. Yeah. And again, part of my part of my contest with that is there's two there's two other factors that I look at and I'm like, there's no way. And that is that Donald Trump increased his votes by seven was it seventy five million votes? No. No, was it twelve? It was twelve million. Yes. Twelve million. I'm sorry. Say, I'm sorry. Seventy five was total. his total. Yeah. Seventy five. I'm like sorry. That. Yeah, that's correct. By twelve million votes. The Something incumbent that, yeah. president, yep. I don't even care that it's Donald Trump, the incumbent right. president increased his vote gets by 12 million. Yeah. That does not in, happen. Increased increased his votes from every, every demographic. measurable demographic. Yes. If you're looking at breakdown. Yes. And just by the straight number, 12 right. million more people voted for that man than did the last time. And he lost. Doesn't happen. That has and never And this is happened. the big one. The person... Who has gotten more votes than anyone else in the history of our republic? More than Barack Obama. More the than first Barack time, Obama the first time, or the second time? Yes, is Joseph Biden. You cannot tell me, by any believable means, that people hated Donald Trump more than they loved Barack Obama, and that the coalition, the legitimate coalition of Republicans and and independents and Democrats that Barack Obama assembled, especially for his first election. Yeah. You cannot tell me that that swung even more dramatically for Joe Biden. I'm sorry. No. I mean, no, you that's not how all this works. I will be interested because Joe Biden campaigned and essentially the second time Trump campaigned in an artificial atmosphere yeah. because of COVID. Yeah. We did not get to view the actual crowd sizes of any of this. Right. But I can tell you beyond <laughs> a shadow of a doubt, which of those crowds was more enthusiastic, which, which of those guys would draw a bigger crowd. And I can tell you that enthusiasm, you just look, looking from the outside in enthusiasm for the candidate was in the favor of the president. Yeah. And and 
Joe Biden this next time when he runs, it will be interesting to yeah. see the actual crowd sizes. Yeah. I will be I will be surprised. I will be surprised if, if he they runs are anywhere again. close if they're what in four years? I'll be surprised if he can run again. What? Physically. No, he would run. Joe Biden? Yes. You he'll think run he'll again. No, but I think I'm saying you think he will he will like how are they gonna prop him up? I, I don't know that he makes it. Hmm. Do you think he'll be primaried within the party? No. Well, I guess that, it would be dumb. That would be well. It, that would be outlandish. It would be dumb to pri- even though there's a ton of enthusiasm for like say a Bernie Sanders style candidate or even Bernie's if, made his money. He's done. I don't know. Is AOC going to be old enough? Or <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> who do you have? Who do you have? That's true, man. Who they, do you have that's going to generate the enthusiasm enough to primary sitting president? It's yeah. not going to happen. Joe's, useful, Joe's campaign slogan will be, "Well, enough, I'm here." He's useful enough for what they what for sure what you need to get done. For sure. That he will he will like if if you're if you're a Democrat, what you want to get done can get done with Joe Biden in yeah. the White House. Yeah. And again, this is not just to be clear, this is not like me being a sore loser. I've I've lost a lot in, in my political uh voting over the years. Uh you know, I lost twice with Barack Obama. I I lost this second time around with, with, with Trump. I I I lo- I'm I've lost a lot, you know. I'm fine with that. You lose some, you win some. That's how government works. And right. it's all good and we move on and we're all fine with each other. It's not a big deal. It doesn't actually affect our lives like we think it's going to affect our lives. Um, and it never has and it probably never will. Um, because we're a really massive country who can't be run by like a little uh, small European <laughs> country can. Yeah, because the president doesn't actually affect your life as much as you give no. him credit for. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, he can spend your children's so inheritance. All this, yeah, all this to say, all this to say, do I believe that President Biden was actually duly elected? I do not. Uh, there is no, there's nothing that I see in the numbers and the way that it all went down that gives me confidence that the electoral process was normal and, and just. And this is something I said on this podcast before we even went into it. Yeah. I said, one of the things that I said going in is that I do not believe that if this is close, that it will be fair. Yeah. Basically, if it's close, basically people, nobody in the U.S., I don't think any reasonable person thinks that their vote actually counts. Yeah. And here's why. If, do you believe that, and this is what I said on the podcast, do you believe that if the state of Ohio came down to... 13 million on this side and 13 million on that side, 13 million and one yeah. on that side, that that vote actually carries the state. Right. Do you believe that your one vote, one way or the other, could carry the state? That if it was split evenly, yeah. that we have a, a system with enough integrity that one vote, one way or the other, could carry the thing? Yeah. No. No one believes that because if it was that close, if it was actually one vote, there'd be all these lawyers, there'd be some funny business, some votes would get thrown up in the air and a couple hundred would land on this side and then a couple hundred would land over there and then we'd uncover these ones and those ones. Right. The system has too much play in it. Right. It is not a one-to-one thing and no one, no one should be satisfied until your vote counts. Right. No one should be satisfied until your one vote counts for one. Yeah. And your buddy's one vote counts for one. Yeah. Like, how are we satisfied with a system that is this murky? Yeah. 
I don't get it. Yeah. We have we have ways of tracking things in multi-million dollar companies down to the penny. Yeah. Right? Like, how is it possible? But again, this is the, just like taxation. This is a problem that doesn't want to get fixed. It is because a problem if it that gets doesn't fixed, want to get fixed. It, if it gets right. fixed, then all of a sudden... But not... But no one should be satisfied that your one vote doesn't count. Right. But anything done to get to that where you're actually holding the integrity of a vote, no one wants to do yeah. the work. Yeah. No one wants to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand how we're okay. We're okay with massive vote dumps one way or the other. Absolutely. I don't and know I, how that's we're another okay thing too. with murkiness well, or play in the that's system. That's another thing that I struggle with. Again, eight years old, been paying attention. I have never seen a vote dump favor a Republican. <laughs> never. I've never seen it. Yeah. Now, if you can, some people if could, you can point to one, yeah, some I would people, be happy. Yeah, me, very much so, because I've always wanted to see it, and I haven't seen. Now, now, again, let me be clear. I'm not talking in like state elections or 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 those kind federal of things. Election. Yeah, federal elections. I'm talking specifically for the president. I've yeah. never seen it. I've I've never seen it. And again, even with all the weirdness that went on between Bush and Gore and how all that worked out, it it was literally kind of like a nickel and diming here and here. And then there were some massive ones that happened for uh, for um, Al Gore. And you saw like some little nickel and dime from from uh, for Bush. It was really weird. I mean, I remember watching that for weeks. I mean, we didn't yeah. know who the president was forever. By Christmas. Yeah, it was forever. Um, and I got really tired of the twenty four hour news cycle, even as a kid back then. Before, I, and I didn't even get to vote in that one. Um, but like, I've never seen it. Like, when does it help? When does it help the other side? Again, I could at least take a little solace if I'm like, yeah, this is just how it goes, and it goes both directions. I would still not like it. I would still be calling for like this needs to be fixed because it's not right for this to happen, but at least I would be going like, hey, you know, apparently it just happens. Like it's right. it's 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 a it's a a variance that happens in elections. It's not, it's yeah. not. It is it is one sided, and I I would like to know why. Yeah, I I think the the bare minimum that we should require from our politicians when you're spending. Six trillion dollars in a year. Yes. When we give you four trillion dollars, you can't manage to just spend four trillion dollars. But okay, so you're gonna blow another two trillion dollars on I don't know what. Could you spend some of it on trying to make sure my vote counts? Yeah. If I'm going to be taxed directly yeah. on my income, no matter where I find the money or bring it in, you're gonna make me count every penny. At least count my vote. Yeah. Like I'm not even so much worried about my particular vote. Yeah. I think it, it the biggest disenfranchisement of voting, which everybody's concerned about who's disenfranchised. I Yeah, I'm concerned. Yeah. There's tons of people whose votes don't count. Yeah. And if you want to talk about voter disenfranchisement, how about the fact that none of our singular votes actually matter? I mean, again, though, when you're getting into that, you're getting into the people who would argue like against the electoral college and different things like that. Like, oh, it needs to be a pure democracy. No, that's, that's part of the system. Works. I get it. Right. Like, I un I understand why right. the electoral college is what it is, well, and it's and it has to do with the states. We are right. United the States. states if, if, the states elect the president, not the people. If you want to change the name of our country, go ahead and change the electoral college. Yeah. But we are individual states. And the states elect united. the president. The states elect the, the executive. The states are the ones that elect the president. Yeah. But I want these states to count our votes. Right. It cannot be. It 
It cannot be so murky. Every election should be able to be decided by one vote. Yeah. If and, that's and not I'll, the case, and I'll admit, why are we even doing right. it? Right. Every state election should be. Yes. Right. Yeah. And and what I would what I would even say is part of the thing that's always made me suspicious is like the week of the election, once everything had been called, you started seeing all these news outlets. This was the most safe and secure secure uh, election we have ever had in the history of the United States. I'm like, based on what? Like what? You're just you're literally just saying that. You're literally just saying that so that people can feel well, better about what's just happened. Yeah, it was on the cue card. That's right. Thank you, Ron Burgundy. Yeah, and but that's the thing. It's like, you, how can you go from four years previous having an administration that you said was completely corrupt in every way, and then all of a sudden... That stole the election. That stole the election. Through Facebook ads. And Russia, for some reason, somehow. Well, and that, that, was, that was my question when we were talking about the integrity of the 2016 election. Where were the votes stolen? Yeah. And what happened in the eight years that President Obama and his administration were in that led to the breakdown that ended up with Trump being able to corrupt the process? And then all of a sudden, four years later, with that corrupt person supposedly in office, we have the most secure election in history. How? Yeah. It makes no sense. The system that Obama produced gave us a corrupted 2016 election. The system after four years of Trump gave us the most secure and safe election ever. I, I mean, come on! Like, like, I that like that blows my mind, and and, yeah. and that yeah, anybody would good. and that anybody would disseminate that and agree with it, and how all these people who all they were obsessed with was Robert Mueller and and Adam Schiff and, uh, and all these things throughout throughout all these years, all of a sudden they nope, there's nothing to see here. Like that alone is suspicious. It's like you're not even trying. Like at least try, at least try you, to fool the Im- people. They impeached him over it. At least try to fool the people. Like, try. Like, we're not stupid. At least try. Come on. Gosh, almighty. Well, that was a significant rant. It was a significant rant. But again, my point is, all this to say, Joe Biden is the 46th president of the United States. He absolutely is. It is legitimate. It is legal. No matter what gets proven in these states... The Electoral College already voted. It's over. It's the, done. The Congress already voted. The judicial wanted nothing to do with it, didn't want to touch it. It's done. Trump is not coming back. For those of you who think he is magically going to come back somehow and be Dude, reinstated. Those people are weird. I'm telling you. I'm, please hear me. No, it is not going to happen. And if it did, something would be wrong and I would not be okay with it. The process happened. Do I think there were hiccups? To put it lightly, yes, absolutely. Joe Biden is the legitimate president of the United States. Uh, This is something I told you earlier, but uh, California's assault weapons ban got struck down on June 4th, which means that it expires on July 4th. That's so great. So those of you in California... (laughs) Bully for you. (laughs) Yes. Let freedom ring. (laughs) Yes, that warms the cockles of my heart. And I never use the word cockles, but I'm going to. I don't know what that means, so I'm glad you said it. I I need to look it up. I I don't actually know what that phrase is particularly is referring to oh if that dear. refers to the chambers of your heart or whatever but warming the cockles of your heart that is a thing that is a phrase oh uh, boy it not really one is. that i'm going to use it's an old phrase it's yes. a very old phrase hmm. there it are old kinda, phrases that are old for a reason yeah sometimes yes sometimes 
yeah. But yeah, that that made me really happy when when you told me that. I mean, I knew obviously that it had been struck down finally as it should have been. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of amazing. Yeah, that's kind of amazing. More than a little. Uh, let freedom ring. I, I thought it was interesting that even though we're spending two trillion dollars more than we plan on bringing in, uh, we show no enthusiasm for actually erasing student debt, uh, which is something that was campaigned for. And now that they're in, it's just like, oh, yeah, uh, we're actually not going to do anything about it. And the other thing that I was really hoping over the last four years from a libertarian perspective is that they would legalize marijuana. Yep. But nobody nobody has seemed to have any sort of enthusiasm for that either. Yeah. And it's like when I ask people, you know, why would you vote for Biden? Well, he's going to get rid of student debt. And I think I'll legalize marijuana. Well, A... First of all, Trump was pro legalizing marijuana, mm-hmm. but nobody in Congress passed him a bill. Yeah. And now Democrats control both houses of Congress and the presidency. And I'm not seeing student debt getting rolled back and no. I'm not seeing. Do you understand? Can I, can I just say this to like, everyone who's listening as well? If you're still listening, by if this you're point. still listening by this point, the federal government is wonderful at creating problems and then coming along and telling you how they're going to fix them. When they made them. Yes. The current student loan debt crisis that we have, and I think calling it crisis is a little generous because regardless of whatever has happened, you all went out and signed for these loans. You may not have known what you were doing. You may have had parents who weren't involved. You may have had not parents at all. You may have had parents who didn't understand the process either. You maybe were just a dumb 17-year-old kid, 18-year-old kid, didn't know what you were doing. I get that. I get that. But you still signed. You made that choice. Yeah. That's Plenty on of you. Other 18 year old kids are signing stupid car loans yes. that they're yes. having trouble so, with. So. so that is on you 100%. You, you did that. You made that mess. Okay. But the reason you were able to make that mess is because of federally guaranteed student loans, which basically tell these banks yes, take a risk on this. And if it does not work out, the federal government will back it and make it make it okay for you we'll pay you back we'll pay you back if they don't so here's what happens you go in and you say okay let me back this up back in the day if you wanted to get a loan for school you would have to say i'm going to school i'm going to go for this many years it's going to cost me this much and afterwards i'm going to come out with this degree and i will work in this field and i will be able to pay you back based on the median salary of x that's how it used to be just like a home, just like any of those things, which I can get into the housing bubble and how the federal government created that too, but I'm not going to get into that right now. That was how it was. And a bank manager would look over your application and say, you are not going to make a go in this career or this career is not going to actually make you this money. We're not giving you this loan. Yeah. Sorry. No. And send them out the door. And the next guy would come in. Oh, I'm going to be a lawyer. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's the kind of law I'm going to practice. Okay, yes, you're going to make this money back. This is a a good loan. We'll make you this loan. There was responsibility to it in that way. And universities played towards that because they knew they had to give people actual legitimate useful skills to leave their schools with. Now, the universities are partner with that by telling you how to play the system to get the money. Yes. And now with that going on, you can go in. And no matter what your major is, no matter what your outcome is going to be when you complete your degree, whatever that may be, 
they're going to give you a loan. Period. Okay, sure, we'll give this to you. If you don't pay it, the federal government will. No risk to us. Us. By the way, it's going to make you incredibly indebted, and you'll probably not. You know, you'll probably spend your whole life just paying off your student loans. But yeah, go ahead. And again, costs of college have gone up because colleges know they can charge more because they're just going to get these guaranteed loans that are going to pay for it. It's almost turned into a Ponzi scheme, like this cyclical Ponzi scheme that's just ridiculous. But the federal government created this problem. Yep. By guaranteeing student loans. And now they're coming along and saying, oh, we're going to fix it because we're just going to make it all go away. In spite of the people who have actually responsibly paid. It's, it's just a mess. It's a mess. And it's, 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 it's amazing to me that how, how much, and you know, you use that phrase gaslighting, and this is one of those perfect examples. They just don't talk about the mess they created. Yep. And, and pretend like it's just always been this way. Like, yeah, but we can fix it. Well, no, you caused it. There's not a single thing. There's very little, if anything, I can point to that would say, yes, the federal government benefited us by actually intruding into this area. <laughs> Education has gotten worse. Student loan became a mess. The housing bubble was the fault of the federal government. You can go down the line. There's little to nothing. And even if you get into things like, you know, things like the FDA or, or some of these things, like they're basically payoff schemes at this point. Yeah, and like, a lot of the reasons the healthcare system is "quote unquote" broken yeah, is yeah. because of they government broke involvement. It. They broke it, right? And uh, and so I'm I'm just very amazed at anybody who thinks that there are political solutions to a lot of these problems. And I think there are. It's it's well, I won't say that on here. <sighs> yeah, th there's not really political solutions to these because oftentimes you're asking the federal government to self-regulate itself. The idea is that the federal government was supposed to be held in check by the states and by the checks and balances within itself. There that, are people in the federal government who should be in jail. That is how you fix some of this stuff. Right. <laughs> that that is how you fix some yeah. of this stuff. It, once you put the first couple in jail, that would yeah. work. Well, and that's funny to me because that's that's one thing that's a big one now is is obviously with Joe Biden's election, there was there was a lot about the whole racial uh, issue and especially issues of police brutality and all that. But aside from Richard Nixon, Joe Biden is the man most responsible for the astronomically horrific amount of black men that are in the prison system. Yeah, mandatory minimum sentencing. With his and all crime that bill stuff. in 1994. Yep. And, yep. and Nixon was the one who started it all with the war on drugs. Yeah. Those two men are the most responsible. Joe Biden literally helped create this problem, sponsored this problem. Was was the person who put this forward? And lest we leave her off the hook, Kamala Harris was was part and parcel to all of yeah. it as prosecutor yes. and chief prosecutor in California. Yeah, but go back and look at some of Joe's speeches from from the 1994 crime bill and pushing that forward, and it got unanimous support. I mean, it was nearly it was across the aisle support. It was very well supported among. But that's that's not what I'm talking about. Again, I, I yeah. I'm looking at that. I'm going. The federal government caused this problem. And now they're pointing to other things that, yes, there may be some of those issues. But I'm like, Joe, you, you hold the bag on this. Yeah. And, you, and, and the entire time I've seen I've never seen him talk about that and needing to repeal it or needing to change anything with it. Maybe given lip service to, yeah, that was that was something I I'm, I'm wish I hadn't been a part of. Well, no, you weren't just a part of it. You were the spearhead. Like, <laughs> and yet here we are. Again, the federal government, everything the government touches turns to garbage. That That is my 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 guiding political philosophy at this point freedom over everything freedom leave us all alone just leave yes. everyone alone and we will be fine we will live with each other we will like each other we'll be okay together stop just stop 
you make everything worse. You're like everybody's drunk, creepy uncle that shows up at things for family events no, and just ruins everything. The federal government had a great COVID response. I feel like they did really <laughs> well with that. They responded extremely well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Again, I know this has been very ranty, but I needed one of these. I needed a soul cleanse for all of these things. Um, do we have a takeaway from this? No, there is no takeaway. Speak your truth. Yes. No. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Oh, I could come across the table for you with that one. I could just do that. Oh, man. I don't no, have anything there, to there is, there is truth. Like, that's what... <laughs> Here's another rant. When somebody tells you about their lived experience, somebody was like, that's just experience. Makes no difference yeah. that you lived through it. <laughs> Everyone lived through something. <laughs> yes, it's just experience. It's just experience. This is my that's lived good. experience. <laughs> yes, I'm proud of you for still being alive. Oh <laughs> still just gosh. your experience. That's funny. I never thought of that. And the same thing with, <laughs> with like my truth. Well, I'm sorry. There is things that are true and then things that are not and if yeah. you're pursuing truth doesn't doesn't matter who possesses it right yeah that that whole thing is <laughs> no that whole thing is just, that's a whole nother rant i could go on but i won't <laughs> i just read that to you for free yeah it, that's that's one phrase that when i hear somebody use that phrase i my respect level for them automatically goes down I just, I really struggle with taking them seriously as a person if they yes. use that you're, phrase. You're not very objective. No, no. It's a struggle for me. And, and low on the self-awareness scale, if that's the way you think about it. You know, it. it's funny because as ranty as I can get, I was just talking to Sheldon and Kayla and Jess tonight about the fact that like, I am one of those person that people that sees a lot of nuance and a lot of gray in a lot of areas. Right. And again, if you were to, if you were to sit down with me and talk through all of my social and political beliefs there are some things that would make your head spin. But the things that I am black and white about after all this, I am very black and white about. Like there there are certain lines that I'm like, nope, this is it. And I have I have worked all the way through this and this is where I am. So no. Or yes, whatever the case may be. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> it's not that there aren't shades of gray to these things. No. No. But and I'm not saying these things specifically are those things. Um all of them. Some of them probably are to me, but not all of them by any means. Um, but yeah, there you Kay. go. Thanks for listening. A I good ranty night. Yes, for you as a well. good ranty night from Sheldon and I. This is what happens when we actually come into the mic with no agenda. No agenda at all. But I did Oopsies. enjoy this. I feel good. I feel good from this. I do feel awesome. Good. It feels nice. It's good to be back. I'm going to Jupiter. Get some diamonds. Wait, was it Jupiter or Saturn? Oh, Saturn. <laughs> Sorry, I had drops of Jupiter in my head. That's something different. Huh, that's funny. I haven't heard that song in a long time. <laughs> Who was that by? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I should know this. Yeah, I can, like, I can see uh, the third, band. Not Third Eye Blind. Uh, I, th I don't remember. Now we got to know. Now we have to know. The moral of this story is, though, that everything the government touches turns to trash. That's just a thing. That's the moral of everything we've yeah. stated here. Uh, train. Train. Ah, oh, train. Yes, I, <laughs> I was thinking that. Oh, man. Train. I Ugh. had to put it on the podcast or that's all we would get emailed about. <laughs> that's true. All right. Well, once again, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us and letting us be ranty. We will see you, I don't know, maybe next week. Are we going to do one? Sometime soon. Sometime soon. We when do we it. want. You'll get one when you get it. See you guys. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The Things We Say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. 
You can subscribe to The Things We Say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been The Things We Say. See you next time.